Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle. Whatever it may be. Purdy Insurance will take care of all of your insurance needs. They'll do everything they can to save you money. All at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day, the non-Yankee edition. The tail down the line. McKenna's going to score easily. Hayes waved in. Hasn't been picked up yet. Stepping on third is Odor. He slides in safely. A base-clearing double. Jorge Moteo out of the nine spot. He gets by Devers. Pitch running in on him. He clears the hips. Keeps that bad head from pulling the No chance for Devers to make the play. Mateo has just been a marvelous. I mean, he's a good fielder. His bat has come alive at key moments. To give the Orioles a lot of credit. They've been playing well. They dealt away a reliever. They dealt away Mancini. And everybody's like, well, what are they doing? And they're still winning. Not only that, they're a fun team to watch. Fun team to watch. As opposed to watching the team in the Bronx that is not going to the beat of the same drum. It, it, it's interesting. Aaron Boone, you know, they got to do a better job of like hitting the really good pitches. Aaron, except for home runs, that is how your team has hit all year. Right? The Yankees are, you know, because of the home runs and because of Judge, I think everybody thinks the Yankees are an offensive juggernaut. They are not. They're a good offensive team, not a great offensive team. Let's see, what's their, I think, uh, what are they hitting? The Yankees are hitting 240 as a team. I mean, the Mets are coming in tonight. They're hitting 258 as a team. They're hitting 18 point higher as a team. The difference is the Yankees have hit 197 home runs. That's incredible. 197 home runs. 
I mean, more than 20% of the Yankees' hits have been home runs. So. Amazing, isn't it? And the Mets, of course, have DeGrom and Scherzer, yet the Yankee team ERA is actually lower than the Mets. Matt would speak, but his voice would reek of panic. Oh, it's been for the last two weeks. It makes no difference anyway. He, he doesn't want to show his sons any weakness. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't show weakness. Just kidding. All right. <clears throat> Off day today, by the way, for the football team. They always take the first day of classes off. You have to get acclimated. They have now split into scout teams. So they got a scout team and they got a travel team. There are some members of the scout team, by the way, they're on the travel team. But the bottom line is they're to that point. So far, knock on wood, this is pretty much the same team that started the preseason. Knock on wood. James Franklin will talk to the media. I want to say James is talking to them next Monday, right? Is that right? Let me see here. He's actually going to talk to the media tomorrow. Along with P.J. Mustfer and Brenton Strange. And then Monday is the uh, Purdue press conference. Yeah. In this, at the stadium. No. There you go. It's that time. Nevada and New Mexico State, the opening game on Friday night. So what's our high school schedule look like? Kev, the Chief, they got Shikalimi. We got Sealands Grove, and you're going to do TV because you're a glory guy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be anyway. <laughs> Good for you. I'm so happy for you. I really am. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, Lewisburg, or sorry, Shikalimi football hosts Central Columbia Friday. Sealands right. Grove's at Belfont. Oh, uh, yeah. In fact, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I was just talking to somebody about that last week that Belfont was playing Seals Grove. Yep. And let's see. Lewisburg. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, All they right. got uh, Shemokin Saturday <clears throat> night at uh, 730. Mm, a little backyard scrap there. Yeah. So what do we have lined up on uh, Thursday? We will have Chief and Greg... Wetzel, likely in studio, and Zach Showers will call in and talk seals. Very nice. 
So the play-by-play guy for Shikolami, no go. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! As per usual. I mean, I'm doing the Ohio State Network tonight. And I'm and then I'm doing CBS Sports tomorrow morning. Uh, I know you don't have to tell me. I mean, and he has no time. Nope. I asked. I offered like I normally do. He said, "Nah, it's all right. It's better off that the chief will definitely be taking over." Like, okay. Was he saving his voice? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> He gets into these sales meetings, and he does 92% of the talking anyway. (laughs) So he's not saving his voice for anything. (laughs) All right. I just think it's so cool we have high school football back. So let's just for the heck of it. Now, I know this is obviously a... State college forecast, so I understand that. But I thought Friday looked pretty good. And Friday, yeah, 82 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Well, there you go. That's good to know for Seals fans that are going to make the trip out. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hot one here. 88 and sunny. For I'm well, looking up Northumberland, but basically for the area, 88. Well, it says here on Friday, 62 for a low. Uh, real feel is 89. Um, now Rogers Stadium does have some trees around it, but but again, the other part too is is how early the sun goes down. I mean, that's another element that comes into play here, and now we're into the seven o'clock range. Like it's like seven. I'm going to guess Friday. Friday goes down at 7.54. So what time's the kickoff? Seven? Yeah, everybody's seven except for Lewisburg Saturday. Well, is Lewisburg playing the afternoon or? They're a Saturday night. Saturday okay. night game. And when does Bucknell start? Bucknell begins a week from this Friday at home against Towson. They have a very, very difficult schedule in general, but especially non-conference schedule. They usually do test themselves in the non-con. Same thing in basketball. Nate Nate does a great job in the (laughs) non-con basketball, too. This is the first three games for Bucknell football. Host Towson at VMI at Central Michigan. That's, that's, That's September. That's strong. Yes. That's strong. They go to Yale later this year. Ooh, that's tough. Yale's good. And they will end the year at home at home against Maris. That's the non-conference schedule. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's not that's uh that's a rough road. Hopefully we can get a chance maybe to talk to Dave at some point. Dave Giacchini. Oh, yeah, we'll try and hook it up next week. 
Well, be careful about what day, because I'm not in Wednesday or Thursday next week. I'll take note. I have a game. I'm traveling. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's why I'm not here. Get the lingerie on the deck. <laughs> Call the janitor. See, we're all thrown off by the Thursday night start. Uh, guys, man. The 212th time I've had to explain it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fans are not crazy about the Thursday thing. One, one quick. Can I make one quick note about the twenty-three schedule? I know that we've talked often about Penn State opening on the road in the Big Ten, which is getting to be ridiculous. I will say this in advance, but I don't want them to make up for it by scheduling the the opener of the Big Ten at home next year. Do you want to know why? It's really simple. Because next year is the year that Penn State plays four home games in the Big Ten. You play one, that means three of your next eight in the conference are at home. That means five out of eight are on the road after that. So I wouldn't mind opening up on the road. Now Now it's four and four after that game. Just something to think about. So that means Penn State will get a home game against the Big Ten opponent next year. <laughs> Crazy. But see, in other words, I want them to open at home in the conference when they have five conference home games. That's why playing at Purdue to start is ridiculous. Okay, that's fine because that means five of the next eight games for Penn State in the Big Ten will be home games. But that's when you want to split it up a little bit. Penn State should be opening at home this year, not on a Thursday, but at home. So when they get to the 24 season and USC and UCLA are in, Penn State should be opening at home. Next year, they only have four conference games at home. <laughs> you, sh you should not be opening at home. You see the logic behind what I'm saying here? Exactly, and this is why the Big Ten needs to figure out this scheduling snafus first before we start adding more teams. Just me. Well, they're that you know they're working on that now. I think the conference might. We'll see. As Gene Smith said, they're looking at no divisions. They're looking at it, and they're looking at ten conference games. Now, if you get ten conference games, that is going to eliminate. Intersectional games. Because, for example, places like Penn State, you need seven home games. Well, if you're five and five in the Big Ten, those other two games have got to be here. And there are a lot of places that have the same philosophy. The interesting part is Notre Dame doesn't. Notre Dame is playing six home games this year. But a lot of plays, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, they're playing seven home games. And it's all part of the financial formula. So if you do go to ten conference games, that is going to eliminate, hey, let, hey let's get Pitt on there. No. Let's get Auburn on there. No. Let's get West Virginia on there. No. 
because you're not going to forfeit one of your seven home games to go and play play there. You're not going to do it. See the logic of that? So, I mean, those are just a couple of items to file away for later. Because Penn State, part of the financial formula, is playing seven home games. So if you're going to put ten games in the conference available, five home, five away, those other two games have to be two games that are played here, which eliminates intersectional games. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Pickens in motion. Oh, back in the Snell, and he's reaching for the end zone. He's got the touchdown, I believe. He's short. I think he got him short. I think he's probably short. Well, one official says touchdown to 23 seconds left. Right. In other words, nobody knew. It was a touchdown. That Jacksonville broadcast was about as good as the team was. There was no doubt it was a touchdown. Balls across the plane. But Kenny Pickett oh. in his QB1. Everybody said I did not see the game because obviously I was doing baseball. Um, so I didn't get a chance to see. I haven't seen. Look, I don't watch the preseason anyway. I don't really. I used to, but not anymore. But was he that good? I thought he was. He led a many, perfect two-minute drive. How many quarters did he play? He honestly didn't play as much as I th- they made it out to be. They, he only played, I think it was two series. He just played like the second part of the second quarter, and that was it. And he won the job by playing two series? Well, no, just based on his first two performances in the games, yeah. So far, he's got was, a perfect two-minute drive, and he's got a game-winning drive, and he's looked apart, in my opinion. And the other two quarterbacks really haven't done anything to say otherwise, in my opinion. I got a feeling in the end, Trubisky's going to start the opener. Oh, yeah. I, I think they'll he'll definitely start, but if I'm the Steelers, I'm starting Kenny Pickett. Because I, I think Mitchell Trubisky hasn't done anything to lose the job, but I think Kenny Pickett is doing what he can to win the job. Okay. That's just my feel. But Mason Rudolph widely has had a good camp, but there's just no these he loses because of the numbers game. I've got a feeling. It's only a feeling. So I this is just a guess on my part. That the coaches put more value on those practices against the opposition in the middle of the week than they do in the preseason game. Oh, definitely. That's why, for the Eagles, you're not seeing any of the starters play yesterday against Cleveland or Saturday against Miami. But for Pittsburgh, they haven't had any. They're not doing any joint practices, I don't think. I thought they did. Like this past, I thought this past week they did. I don't know. So 
So you've anointed him the starter. You've anointed the sprinter for the Eagles as a pro bowler. Always remember, individuals make the Pro Bowl. Teams win championships. You hate when I say that. (laughs) It can be sobering sometimes. I'll just leave it at that. It's a fact. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be. They'll do everything they can to make sure that you are insured. And they'll do everything to save you money. The pros, pros, and insurance. Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And with that, from the Action Network, one of the best in the business, Brett McMurphy. Brett, great reporting, especially all summer long on some of these big stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks thanks, uh, for having me, Steve. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you again. Now, look, I want to do the fun part first, then we'll get to the other part. Brett did put out his bold projections today. (laughs) Last year at the end, you were 92% heading into that weekend. Brett also wants to point out that his preseason was at 9%, (laughs) which which means you're like all the rest of us. He does have Penn State in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. All right, so <laughs> how much fun do you have putting that together? Um, it's kind of a labor of love. It, it's, uh, you know, it's like a, a Rubik's Cube in that, you know, once you put certain teams in certain spots, it kind of, you know, you filter down within a specific conference, and then you look at the past bowl games, and you're like, wait, that team was in that bowl I can't put that team in that bowl, so then you have to mix everything up again. Um, but, no, it's fun. And then, you know, whenever possible, you know, you try to stick uh, rivalry teams together in bowl games. It's more of a wishful thinking. But, yeah, at this point, um, you know, look, it, I always tell people, if you don't like my bowl projections, well, guess what? They'll change in a week. So just wait till next week. <laughs> See, it's all about fun, right? At, at least go that last must- week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Till then, the last week it gets serious. People want to want to know, but yep. it must be at least fun for you with all the news that has come out, where none of it's on the field. To at least write about something that is fun on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's college football is kind of becoming similar to the NFL in a number of ways, and one one way is that uh, there's never really a dead period, if you will. There's always something going on, whether it's currently now with realignment, uh, NIL, you know, coaches usually didn't get uh, fired until the end of the year. Now you see, you know, mid-season firings like the NFL. So football, college football certainly is is mirroring the NFL as it's becoming a 365-a-day news cycle. 
um, and obviously most recently with everything that's going on uh, regarding realignment, uh, especially with your uh, home conference, uh, the Big Ten Conference. So let's get to that. Um, let's discuss USC and UCLA are coming in starting August 2nd, 2024. The new TV deal will be in place starting July 1 next year. So, Brett, you know, Kevin Warren has said they're not done expanding. So let's talk about this Oregon proposition first that was put out by at Action Network HQ. What do you know about that? Because obviously it doesn't sound like it's the highest level of discussion. Well, it, it is, but it isn't. I mean, you know, because here's the deal. I mean, one, I wouldn't have reported it if it wasn't significant. And I did want to make right. clear that, you know, the, the Oregon president, A.D. Rob Mullins, and Kevin Warren are not in, not in this meeting. But what it is, it's people a little bit further down the food chain, if you will, um, and basically, they they want to get all their ducks lined up in a row. The play on words um, is as far as this moving further up the food chain, so they can go ahead and and pull the trigger on this. The same thing happened with USC and UCLA. The only difference was the USC stuff did not get out until literally the day of when they were officially announced. So now, with all the the talk um, privately and publicly about expanding within the Big Ten. Um, these things, you know, I was able to get this out, and, you know, it's pretty significant because the Pac-12 is in the midst of trying to, you know, they're trying to, you know, engage and finalize a new media rights deal for the league that that starts in 2024. Um, but then you've got the dilemma that Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, shoot, the, the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, you know, they potentially could be in the Big Ten or the Big 12. Um and so, you know, how, how eager are you to sign a new media rights deal if you're any of those remaining Pac-12 schools when you know specifically Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, there's an opportunity you can go to the Big Ten and double whatever George Kliakoff, the number he puts on the table in a few months. And so, um, you know, it, it's significant. I mean, I, you know, I, I did an interview with, I think it was Big 12 radio because they would be impacted by this if those schools leave because I think the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah then go to the Big 12. And they asked me what percentage chance do you think Oregon will end up in the Pac-12? I think I said like 85% and they tweeted it and of course everyone reacted yeah. to that. And, you know, that, that number may be low but I mean, Kevin Warren said publicly he wants to get the 20, he's got an interview with um, Bryant Gumbel of HBO Real Sports that airs tomorrow. It was was taped last week. He's asked directly. I've seen the transcript of the interview. Do you foresee the Big Ten at 20 teams? And he said yes. He didn't say maybe. He said po he didn't say possibly. He didn't say let's see. He said yes. I think that's very telling. And the biggest criticism of USC and UCLA being in the Big Ten is they're stranded on an island. Their poor kids are going to have to travel across the country. Well, how do you solve that problem? You had four more schools on the West Coast, and now suddenly that's not quite an issue. Grant rights is an issue, especially for the ACC. It's also an issue when it comes to the Pac-12 or Pac-10, but it's the opposite issue. Their grant of rights runs out in 22 and a half months, thus they're exponentially more vulnerable. So is it safe to say, Brett, that one of two things happens within a year that 
schools leave to go to the Big Ten or the Pac-10 signs a deal with a new grant of rights, and those are the two scenarios? I be very honest, Steve, unless the Big Ten does a total 180 on everything they've said about expansion, I think the only option is option one. And those schools yep. go, sign to go to the Big Ten, and then you have the other schools sign to go um, to the Big 12. And that, you know, because look, you can leave, if you're a Pac-12 member, you can leave and go to another league at the start of 2024, and there is no there is no, you don't, do not lose your grant of rights. So it's all based on timing. So yep. why is the Pac-12 so, um, you know, an endangered species right now and not the Big 12? Well, I'm an alumni from the Big 12, and a year ago the Big 12 was in this position. The only reason the Big 12 is not in this position now, and this is the honest truth, is because there's no schools in the Big 12 that the Big 10 or the SEC wants. They already got Oklahoma and Texas. So nobody wants them. For once, that's an actually an advantage because the schools in the Pac-12 are, are attracted to the Big Ten. That could ultimately lead lead to the end of the uh, Pac-12, which would be sad. I don't I don't like leagues going away. I hate that Southwest Conference yeah. whack, you Big yeah. East football, et cetera, et cetera. But Pac-12 has been around for 107 years. I don't think it's going to be around past 110 years, to be honest. Interesting. Uh, and again, they're most vulnerable because their grant of rights are up first. The grant of rights that are up last are the ACC. Uh, I know that several people have looked at the grant of rights. I know you have as well. It seems like it's extremely difficult to get out of uh, unless you want to pay a huge number. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, Steve, you know, look, a lawyer can get out of anything. You can get out of any contract. <laughs> are you willing to pay? Are you willing to pay that much money? The other thing is, do you really want to be the school? You know, any school in the ACC, do you really want to be that school to challenge the grant of rights? You know, do you want that scarlet letter on your on your chest? Because if you're not successful you're always going to be known as the school that tried to get out and couldn't get out. Um, but that's good news for the ACC because if they weren't locked into those grant rights, I guarantee the SEC would go after North Carolina, Virginia. They'd go after Clemson, maybe Florida State. I think the Big Ten also would have an interest in Miami, possibly Florida State, also Virginia and North Carolina. Um, but they've got 14 years left, and it's kind of like, the old meatloaf, uh, paradise by the dashboard life song. <laughs> I love you till the end of time, and then I'm praying for the end of time. They're praying for the end of these grant of rights in the ACC because they're going to be making half of what the Big Ten schools are going to be making. They're going to be making half of what the SEC make, is making. And to sum up how crazy college football is right now, Vanderbilt's making more money than Clemson in their media rights deal, and Rutgers is making more than Alabama. Yes. In fact, uh, first of all, two parts. Number one, I never thought the great philosopher Meatloaf would be quoted on this show, <laughs> but it's really cool you did. Number two, before USC came in, and this goes back to May, I said almost verbatim the same thing. If I'm USC... I'm looking around saying, Rutgers is making more than we are? No. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's exactly I, what I they mean, thought. I, 
And to be very honest, and since you brought that up, Steve, I have I have not reported this ever, but I'll tell you this. Um, I don't remember the exact time frame. It could be anywhere from three to six years ago. I'd have to go back and scrounge through some old notes and different things. But I know that USC had an interest in the Big 12. Now, I don't, again, this was, you know, low-level stuff. It was never anything I reported because, one, they didn't want it out. Two, they weren't sure if that's what they were going to do. But, yeah, USC's been, you know, in one way or another, they've been trying to get out for a long time. And, yeah, and now, you know, it's, college football has become a, the mini NFL. You know, you have 16 to 20 schools in the Big Ten, 16 to 20 in the SEC, one's on Fox, one's on ESPN. You know, the two conferences will meet, and it will be college football's version of the Super Bowl. Probably the California border regions can't do much about UCLA going to the Big Ten. This doesn't affect USC. They're a private school. But... Uh, but would it appease the border regents if Cal were a part of it? Uh, bingo. You're a thousand percent right. And that's why Cal is, Cal is under consideration. Governor Newsom cannot, and I guess legally they can do something, but they're not going, they're not going to make UCLA withdraw from the Big Ten. If so, then have me back on and, you know, throw tomatoes at me and say you were, you were dead wrong on this. Um, I don't see that happening. However, I think that's one way you can quiet Governor Newsom and the Board of Regents is the Big Ten adds four and Cal is part of that group. Um, you know, now the Big Ten will say, well, we like Cal because they're academics, et cetera, et cetera, but behind the scenes, you're absolutely right. Uh, it appeases Gover Gover Governor Newsom. And again, not that he could stop this. Um, but he, he could make life a lot easier for the Big Ten if, if that happened also. By the way, uh, if they're throwing tomatoes, I would be standing next to you because I've made the same statement. <laughs> so, I mean, so okay. we can just kind of split the tomatoes, okay, as they get thrown at us. Uh, the next part is the Notre Dame part of it. I mean, really, legitimately, the, the only gigantic chip left in the game. NBC's negotiate or wants to negotiate with them. I don't know if they've opened negotiations or not. We know what Notre Dame said, 75 million. Rumors are saying they get 60. How do you see that playing out with them? Well, at least from the people I've talked to within the Big Ten right now, and again, things have changed so quickly. But right now, they envision Notre Dame remaining an independent. They they believe yeah. that you know the 60 to 75 million, whatever that final number is, is close enough to what the SEC and Big Ten will have. Now, the two things that can change that one is that the money just continues to get obscene with the Big Ten and the SEC, and they believe there's too much of a gap to that they can remain an independent. That's part A. Part B is. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the college football playoff. we got four more years of four teams, and then it will expand in some matter. We don't know what that new playoff format is going to look like. If it is a disadvantage as an independent as far as getting in a college football playoff, then that could push Notre Dame into a conference. I think at the end of the day, and I've said this 
as long as I've been covering college football, which has been a long time, Notre Dame wants to be an independent. They prefer to be an independent. And until there's financial or playoff limitations, I think they will remain an independent. But whether the Big Ten goes ahead and adds those four schools and Notre Dame comes along later and says, hey, we want to join, then guess what? The Big Ten will have 21 teams where they'll find another dance partner and they'll have 22. But they are not waiting for Notre Dame to make a decision before they move on these Pac-12 schools. So don't think they're waiting for Notre Dame before they do anything. Is there any concern about a collusion lawsuit if the Big Ten were to get four more Pac-12 schools? I mean, I'm sure there's there's concerns about lawsuits, you know, concerning everything. But how would you, again, I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but I would just say these schools are coming to the Big Ten. Like I had a source tell me, every school that's not in the SEC has come to the Big Ten trying to get into the Big Ten. So, you know, how could you sue the Big Ten? I mean, USC and UCLA didn't have to go to the Big Ten. They, mm-hmm. they could have stayed in the Pac-12. That was their decision. You know, they make it they make it like, well, the Big Ten made them come. No, Oklahoma and Texas didn't have to go to the SEC. That was their decision. So, again, I don't see... I'm sure somebody can spin it. You know how lawyers are. They'll spin anything any way they want. But if you have these schools that want to come into this conference because, oh, by the way, you're making more money than any other conference. And, oh, by the way, in one to five years, you're going to be having to compensate players, whether it's TV revenue, whether it's pay for play, whatever it is. She better get as much money you can because some of this money is going to go to these players. So how do you blame the conference for that? Um, I'm sure somebody will try. I'm sure they probably will try some kind of lawsuits, but I don't, I just, again, I'm not smart enough to figure out how it would work. Oh, neither am I. That's why I asked you. I thought you'd be smarter than I would. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, you did bring up uh, pay for play. Part of this interview that Brian Gumbel does on Real Sports on HBO with Kevin Warren does include Brian Gumbel, and you put it out, by the way, on um, on your Twitter account that was released by HBO, where he's asked about paying players. How do you see that coming about and the fact that he is so direct about it? I think from talking to Kevin and talking to some other commissioners, I think, I think every, and also a, a ton of ADs, they all realize that this is going to happen. I mean, we have an NIL right now, and that's that's a mess. I would compare it to the Wild Wild West, but I don't want to insult the Wild Wild West. But the, the, the pay the pay for play or compensating players or whatever, they, they have witnessed what happened with the NIL, and it's a mess. So I think what they want to do is they want to get ahead of this pay for pay per play. Uh, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's quarterback, remarked the other day he thinks the players should get you know, a percentage of the TV deal. And, you know, it, I can't disagree with them. So I think what Kevin Warren is trying to do and the other commissioners is they want to come up with a plan beforehand as opposed to NIL where, you know, all the horses are out of the 
out of the barn and now you're trying to rope them all up and get them back in with NIL, that's never happened. They're scattered everywhere. So I think Kevin is wanting to be up front when he said, I want to have discussions about this. I want to be at the forefront of this so they can figure out, you know, and the, the thing that's scary for the non Big Ten and non-SEC conferences is what may work for those two leagues because they're going to be breaking in close to $100 million per school per year. What may work for them may not work for the Big 12. It may not work for the ACC. It's certainly not going to work for the MAC, Conference USA, the American, etc. But they're not going to be concerned with that. They're like, you know, they're only worried about their own conferences. And if they want to do something a certain way, the other conferences financially may not be able to do that. And may have, they may have to do something else. They may have to do something different. That's fine. But the Big Ten and SEC wants to do it because they know the best players ultimately are going to end up with the most lucrative financial deals. And the next lucrative in the NFL. Yeah, and the next lucrative financial deal is what do you do with the college football playoff? Uh, in the end, based on the people you've talked to, Brett, how many might they go to? The Big Ten or playoff? No, playoff. Um, definitely more than four. The thing is, if, if they go to 12, they'll make substantially more money than if they go to eight because you're adding another round, you're adding more inventory. Well, right. if you're at 12, you just go ahead and go to 16. That's something, you know, that's got to be decided. I think what will help them is that, you know, they want more than one network, whether it's ESPN or Fox or whoever, to bid on this thing. And I think it could be like the NFL playoffs. You've got different networks televising different rounds of the playoffs. You maximize the profit. So if I would guess right now, I would say, I would say, again, I think 12 right now, but man, things, things change so much. But I do feel like the commissioners want to reward the top four teams with a buy. Um, and you can do that with 12 teams. If you go to 16, obviously there's no buys. They obviously thought of, you know, down in the weed stuff, they got to figure out when these games are going to be played. Because quite, you know, very honestly, the NFL's gobbling up all the TV spots in, in January. Yeah. Um, and in December, so they've got to they've got to find out a calendar when they can do this, and also that works with uh, scholastic schedules. That is, if if kids are still going to class, this, <laughs> the new, this, hey, new playoff yeah. format. Who knows? It may not be. Absolutely incredible stuff, Brett. Great work as always, and I know you've been busy and doing a lot of these. You're not bad for an Oklahoma State guy. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> appreciate appreciate you so much, Brad. We look forward to talking to you again because I think you just gave the audience pretty good education. Anytime, Steve. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Brad McMurphy, Action Network. All right. Back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. And then we have our roundtable on Thursday. And... For Matt, two grueling nights with the Mets coming up. Mm, yeah, I'll just be looking. I'll be looking at the TV with one eye closed, basically. Tired? Afraid to watch. Oh, come on! Look at it as, as entertainment. You're not buying. All right. Sure. <laughs> 
here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Out of auto repair. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you.